welcome to Deep Dive. Uh, Deep Dive is a concept where we'll be exploring and discussing people, topics, sharing some opinions, and having a bit of a laugh. T. Martin, yeah. L. Bradford, welcome. Good night, mate. Hey, good oh, to you be did here. that one so well. I oh, know. Was that a new one? I don't think I've heard that one before. No, no, it's just you obviously don't pay attention when we do these deep dives on a fortnightly basis, but that's okay. Who are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about one of my favourite people in the world, Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, it's a strong found- name, isn't it? Oh, it's so tough, mm-hmm. isn't it? But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's a he's a oh, he's uh, the founder of uh, WWE, or not the founder, the CEO. Um, and he started off with the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. And uh, I'm excited because I, like we talk about it a lot. Like I, I bring it up like plenty in our podcast, but um, about businesses and um, wrestling and how they sort of intertwine and intersect. So I just think he's an interesting cat. Like we we had Bill Gates. We we're talking about all these other rich creepers, and I thought, why not bring Vince McMahon into the fold? Well, I really like this because this is this is like your childhood dream. You know, if you weren't, if you weren't growing up, you didn't grow up to be a founder of a tech company and a podcaster, you would probably wanted to be a wrestler. Is that right? Well, look, I've been, I was looking up the Melbourne wrestling federation and stuff and going, can I, can I do this? And then they're like, one of the things you have to do is probably go to the gym. So I was like, probably, <laughs> you know, oh, I and I hate needles and I, I hate needles. See. So no steroids, you know what I mean? With arms like yours, you don't need steroids. Oh, oh no, they were pretty big back in the day. I reckon 2014, they were the peak, peak biceps, I reckon. If you had to, like both of you, if you had to choose a character and what would you, if you wanted, if we were, had a chance to be a wrestling character, what would you, who would you be and what would you, what would you be about? What, make, make up one? Yeah, make one up right now. Tam, who would you be? What would you, what would your character be? Oh, I would be the crusher. The crusher? Uh, yeah. The Karen Crusher. I crush all the Karens out there. Yeah, the Crusher. You bring the mohawk back? Yeah, I'd probably bring my mohawk back. And and you'd wear, you'd come out with the skateboard and smack it over their heads, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd skate down and, and to get into the ring. I'd yeah. probably like chuck a skateboard across. But I'd like to be like a bit like a Mortal Kombat because um, I love Mortal Kombat. I am mm. obsessed. I don't play it that much anymore, but I used to be pretty pretty good at it. <laughs> But okay. yeah, I reckon that I would just be yeah full mohawk, um, studded bracelets. Yeah, 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 probably. But, well, don't want to go down that um, you know too heavy bondage type look. But <laughs> I reckon you go like the the bra and panties match in that. Remember all them back yeah, yeah. in the day? You'd be loving yeah. that WWE like, diva. Yeah, maybe like a tight <laughs> uh, a tight black uh, zip up leather yeah. one piece. Oh, you'd be like China. I reckon like the dominatrix, huh? Just come out and whip them. <laughs> and I'd just be the crusher. <laughs> I like what about that. you, Locke? What would you, what would you uh, be your character? You, I'm sure you've thought of this many times. I haven't. Yeah. Look, my favourite wrestler growing up was Jeff Hardy. I love the Hardy boys. But I think I look a bit more like Stone Cold. So I reckon somewhere in between a Stone yeah. Cold and Jeff Hardy, stockings up the arm with a bald head and a bit of a nice. shit goatee and... Uh, <laughs> And some long baggy pants, I reckon. That'd be me. I don't know about the name, but maybe Bruiser, Bruiser Bradford. I don't Bruiser know. Bruiser. Bruiser's <laughs> coming down to the ring. What would you be, nerdy boy? You'd be the ring announcer, wouldn't you? Huh? I liked Rey Mysterio. Ah, oh, you thought you were <laughs> quick like him, huh? Well, I'm quick, agile, jumping. I'll do backflips oh. off the ring if you need me to. Whatever needs oh. to happen. To get Wait, the job is done. Like a... <laughs> would you is wear like a mask? A... <laughs> I'd just make sure that my shirt was off. I'd be oiled up. I'd be looking a million bucks. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I'd probably have but, some like really, I liked Ray Mysterio's pants. You know, he had the pants mm, are a bit flary. Yeah. 
I like yeah. that. So no, no shirt on. And um, does this mean you need to go to the gym, or is it just like just however we are? Well, I think yeah. if I turned up, I think if I turned up now, I'd still do a right job. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> Surely you're wearing a mask. Cover that ugly head. Uh, I might be the I'd be the pot belly bandit now. <laughs> the dad bod crusher. Uh, the belly to belly suplex. That'd be your finisher move. I reckon. Yeah, what's your secret yeah. move? I rub my belly on someone. <laughs> you're the genie. Uh? <laughs> anyway, give us some stats. Tell us why we're talking about Vince McMahon today and the what? wrestling. You love it. You love it, Sig. For everyone out there listening, we're fucking talking about wrestling. But what the fuck? Do you, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I just think as growing up, I was obsessed like ten, like nine to bloody 12, 13, whatever it was, like the five years of just peak wrestling. And I just think like I well, now with what we're doing with the podcast and all this media shit and, and business, I'm, I, I always refer back to wrestling when I'm looking to research things on how we want to do our thing, like how we want to market, how we want to, um, you know, build out our characters, our versions of that. So I feel like I just feel like not, not many people talk about it like there's a few videos and stuff but like when you look back like Vince McMahon he changed the game like it was it was region to region um back in the day back in in America like they couldn't go to other people's territories and stuff so it was really just like wherever you grew up that's where you sort of wrestled for type of shit and his dad was he his dad owned the business the northeast I think comp it was and then mm. uh, something happened with him and uh, he ended up getting the chance because he, he didn't know who his real dad was until he was like 15. And then he found out it was this wrestling promoter, like pretty successful one. So he went and followed him to work and he, and he grew up and he saw all these characters develop, like how his dad would do it. And his dad was like more from the entertainment lens, like made it more like a soapy, not so much like trying to make it look real. It was like, yeah, trying to make it look real, but there was storylines to it. And, yeah. and then he, he came in and, and took over. I think he was like late 30. So he wasn't even young. Like he was, oh, he's, you know, like he wasn't young, young, but he took over and then he just said, well, fuck it with TV. Let's make it global. Like he just mm-hmm. had a different vision for shit. And he was like, let's create some characters. Let's like push the envelope. Like there was the, the attitude error and stuff like that. Like a PC police now would be hating it. You know what I mean? Like they pushed the boundaries of everything, but it got attention and it got like young young kids like the youth of the world just obsessed with this thing because it was like brutal enough but it wasn't real like I you kind of I don't I don't know like if I thought it was fake or real I didn't I don't even think I really cared I just thought I I was more obsessed with like the entrances that all these different aspects to what it is and I think like running a business or running a podcast there's similar things like it's similar but it's different you know like you have to focus on so many different areas and it has to sort of all align for that sort of one brand thing so I think his vision, and even though he like you hear stories, he was a bit of a psycho, and all, like I probably get that, you know, he was on the roids and shit as well. But like, <laughs> I just think like I don't know, like he just had a vision. He's a, he, like we talk about Steve Jobs and all these other people. I just feel like he's probably up there in the same regard for me, like because I just grew up mm. watching it. I did a quick Google. He's worth two point two billion dollars. I mean, speaking yeah. of two point mm. two billion, he's a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. The the um I was just watching that interview that he did with um the one that you sent across lock I can't remember Howard Stern oh Rob I think yes. Rob sent across yeah yeah and um they were obsessed with how much he had in his bank account and they were actually asking you know was your dad wealthy from this so what's interesting is that 
uh, he said, no, I don't think my dad was. Like, I don't think my dad was a millionaire what, at mm. all because they said he a millionaire. No, I don't think he was. So what's amazing about that and what, what intrigues me is that there's probably some of those parameters around, like you said before, Locke, that they could only do it state by state or, you know, that mm. they had, you know, those sorts of areas that they were able to operate in. But, you know, and then he took it out further. But the fact that he he did turn as a young guy watching his father do it, who he thought was his promoter or whatever, um, not knowing it's his dad, like how did he manage to grab that concept and turn that into a multi-billion dollar enterprise? Mm. And that takes, you know, like he said, even on this interview, like my kids, he he's handing it over to his kids and he believes his kids are smarter than him. But I reckon that he probably exceeded everything his dad thought he was going to do and what did he do what's the secret like you know this is what people are asking they're they're going well you know the the concept was there everything was there what did he do to actually grow this monstrous empire and actually nail it and have everyone believe and follow and love what he what he was putting out there did he wrestle did he do any yeah yeah yeah, he's a wrestler people thought he was the um people thought he was the presenter but he was actually one of the big dogs wrestling as well so yeah. he's 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 the he's the puppet master. Did he ever make himself the title owner? Did he ever have the title? The puppet master coming well, out of the ring. He, yeah, well, yeah. Like, was he ever the world champion? The, the uh, I don't know if he's been a world champion, but he he does wrestle and stuff. I I just think like he's he he was pretty ruthless. So I think he was very like this is how I see it. Like he saw the vision and was just a bit cutthroat. And I think because he created all these characters, like it wasn't just like a slow drip feed of these new type of cool things. I think it was like a, a big launch of all these different things. Like, I don't think he could have launched with like a couple of cool, like the rock and stone cold and the rest were just like the same old boring shit. You know, it's like a whole roster of new wave talent and mm. new brands. And it was just fucking, it talk, that's a, that's a transformation, you know? Well, he's done yeah. some really interesting things. Like they, I, I forgot until I clicked on this one before, but he launched the XFL, which was like the spinoff to the the NFL, which was like the second tier league. So mm. In here in in Australia, most of the league, like if you think about major sports, most of them have like a a second tier competition. But over in America, if you're not in the NFL or playing college, and once your eligibility is gone, there's not really any of those sort of competitions. And he launched the XFL, which was like spin off thing, and it didn't it didn't do very well. It flopped, but it was the same concept of spinning up new teams, spinning up brands, mm. spinning up personalities to come and attract the right type of people to uh, play these yeah. games. Yeah. Well, there you I, go. I want to talk about character development. Mm. Tell yeah. us about some of the things you're, you're the, you're the expert here, Al Bradford. I like how you talk about some of the characters and you've, you've watched endless amounts of content on this. What goes into developing <laughs> a character for WWE? Well, I just think, uh, I just think it just has to be, there's all, they're all different. So I think the bit, the main successful traits of, of the best, like the stone colds, the rocks, they're just amplifications of them as people. So it's just them, but amped up. So what they would normally do, but more just, just turned up, you know, to the max level. So if you, if you, if like, that's the way they are, it's like their sort of personality. So I think it makes it, it, it's authentic. So it resonates the most with the audience. So I think if you can sort of tap into you and and find your sort of groove with how you want it to be, I think that's important. That's like why Mm. the, the successful ones are successful. And I think, maybe the ones that don't are the ones that might try too hard. Like you're looking at certain things and you're sort of Frankenstein them together, but like mm. the undertaker, like stone cold had these different 
names before he became Stone Cold. You know, he was he was all these different things. It's like, and The Rock wasn't The Rock, but you know, like he was something else before that. So I think it's like, you know, when we're speaking to Sophie Dillman and she's talking about character development, how the writers sort of write for her and stuff. I feel like you find the groove with people. Um, you find out what sort of hits, and I think being being agile back then, you know, when I think movies and all that were fucking you know, take ages to do. These guys could literally had a new show every night where they could be like, oh, that hit, that didn't hit. So I feel like they're probably the pioneers for just character development on the fly, you know, and changing things and doubling down on what works. And I, th- I think I remember Stone Cold Steve Austin, like when he was saying certain things, like they're allowed to go a bit off the cuff, like in, in the promos and stuff, but they had loose scripts and stuff. But I think like some things they, they're allowed to say and if it's sort of stuck, like a, Stone Cold had this thing where he'd say what, you know, when someone would um, answer back and, and for like fucking five years, every time Stone Cold come out and talk, everyone would be like, what? He put that on a T-shirt and it went off, you know, and the merch yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's developing like your different phrases, like what what resonates and then that's how the merch builds, that's how the interest builds. And it's it's very similar to like if building out pods and building out you know, a roster of bands or some shit like that. It's like, how do you diversify your portfolio? You can't have the same, you can't have two Stone Colds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that. I like to, I like that they, they take the feedback and like you're listening on the show and like, Oh, let's, let's bring out the character dressed like this tonight. No, it didn't work. Let's change his name, change his intro music and we'll bring him out the next night and they can do something else. But apparently Vince was like, he was the guy, like people had ideas and shit, but they weren't like, he wouldn't hear everyone's idea kind of thing. He sort of just had this vision and was like, no, you're, you're going to be doing that until, you know what I mean? Like he was very, like if there was, I think he was the biggest micromanager ever. Uh, you've you've heard lock talk enough now over the last period of time about building brands using wrestling as an example for personal brands and stuff what what are some of the things that stood out for you uh hearing l bradford go on on the uh the wrestling ramble yeah i love his wrestling rambles i think um a lot of because obviously i learn from lock every day so we're you know it's pretty cool that the three of us have love how you make me feel good it's just always good (laughs) hanging out with you guys compliments galore isn't it Oh, not always though, eh? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Got a little bit annoyed at each other. The other day. <laughs> that hey, good. Hey, that was like the Royal Rumble and I felt like her dean. I was, I was just the, the referee. The just crusher. Sitting there oh, the crusher and, and pot belly Rob going at it, huh? <laughs> pot belly the Rob. mohawk crusher came out. <laughs> yeah. Got dad bod. Oh, got dad bod place. Rob. <laughs> uh, dad bod Rob. Uh, I'd but still no, be able to I pick think... people up and throw them at the ring though, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Please. Please. You'd be in the like long sleeve. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, so I think some of the, the really important things is um, like consistency and because uh, people people um, need consistency in a brand, so that's something that, you know, lock kind of, you know, it, being able to so consistency in, in posting consistency in giving people what you want so like giving people what they want like um you know don't do a, a wwe wrestling show once every two months like people want to see that shit every night or people want to see that shit once a week or whatever and being able to um give people that that consistent kind of um platform in which you're then sharing your um your brand across with stuff that adds value to people's lives so 
you know, watching an exciting match is entertainment for people that adds value. Um, you know, having a story behind why you're putting a selfie up on, on you know, if you are going to post yourself, like old mate in his, in his threads yesterday. On <laughs> old mate selfie on the funny business. <laughs> Feeling hot. Looking good. Looking nice. good. Oh, oh Maddie the mannequin. Huh? Fucking, <laughs> saw it pop up on the feed last night. I was like, this fucker. You know, like the one, for those the people one who follow the selfie. pod and like see a lot, Locke never posts a photo where he's not happy with himself. He goes through about 45 <laughs> photos before he ever chooses one of, of him. And yeah. he's just he threw the rule, he threw the rule book out the window last night and just posted one of me that I'd sent to him where I'm not a mirror selfie type guy. You, know? <laughs> but you knew I was setting you up. I was like, send me more. Send me more. And you were quite happy to. You were very happy yeah. with the new threads. You he was flexing pretty, hard. pretty smoking though, bro. Oh, he hasn't taken them off since. He slept in it. He slept in the bucket hat. You, yeah, you're going to have to wash those white cords though. Those hurt. Yeah, no, he's wearing them yeah. in. He said he's worn them for the last four days, five days in a row. And he reckons he, uh, yeah, you're wearing them in. You're stretching stretch, in it. Stretch the, uh, the belt band, you know, of <laughs> the character. Uh, oh, uh, but yeah, what about you, Rob? That- I think that what I've learned from Locke talking about wrestling and character development is more around, I think when you talk about that amplification thing, Locke, it comes down to like confidence and Mm, I think that you got to care less. So Mm. when we're putting this stuff out there and like we've actively done it, like I'm, I've, (laughs) yes, I'm laughing about the photo that you shared last night, but it's, I've not someone who likes to openly share things and I'm not happily like, if you look at my own in socials pages and things like that, I'm not a big post. I don't do sort of shit, but on funny business, where that's our version of getting ourselves out there. That's our characters. Mm. I'm a lot more present. You can see me doing whatever. It's more like, this look is who me, I'm. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, it's, look like, at me. it's more like I'm happy to, I understand why I'm doing it that way. Yeah. And like, imagine yeah. if you were being a wrestler coming out and you didn't want to fucking post a photo of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, sorry, mate. You can't be in the show. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So now that's, it's it, like it's that, that's the confidence yeah. part that I've learned that it's more like give less fucks you're going to have to put so much content out there. And if you are playing this character, people are going to see you so much. They're not going to remember that one. Like they might remember moments or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's the, it's about body of work. And mm. they look back and they scroll through and they say, Oh, look at these guys. They're interesting. They're a bit funny. They're doing something. They're always doing a bit something like they're always got mm. something going on. Yeah. And for yeah. me, that's the difference about developing a character. It's not more like I'd never post the things like we do in funny business on my personal account doing, yeah. I don't understand the, I don't understand the advantage. Like I'm not trying to build my own fucking brand to be the undertaker on my fucking Instagram. <laughs> not who I am. You know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd rather yeah. people just fucked right off and didn't even look at me, you know, <laughs> but on funny business, if that's the character thing, like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know? So you amp it up. Yeah. So then interesting, I guess, question for you. Say, um, w- say for me, writing my music that comes from true self right and I guess my my artist name's Tama but that's also been my nickname since I was two so it very much so feels like an um, extension of me and this is potentially why I've kind of struggled with this over the years with my music and stuff of like building that that brand because it is it is me and so then you people people like that vulnerability and I've noticed in experimenting things over over the years and stuff like that if I push too much of a you know um kind of brand and not as much vulnerability it doesn't get as much traction and because I think you know with music and stuff it's it's an interesting one I think because if you're writing vulnerable music and you're not just writing kind of um throwaway sort of 
like move on to the next sort of pop songs or all like which is I do I do do that but they do mean a lot to me those songs and I think that's why I hang on to them a lot but it is that thing okay so then for someone that's doing that then what how do people approach that put a marshmallow on your head yeah <laughs> yeah uh, no honestly it's so true. no it's honestly true. the best yeah. the best part I think like people I've said it before but I think what's helped us with the with our podcast is we, we could do it online. We could sort of learn behind. We didn't do videos. It's like why wrestlers, like a lot of them who are good wrestlers but might not have that confidence, might come out in face paint, might come out in a mask mm. because it makes them feel like they're not, like they can sort of be free of themselves and they can escape. Like it's not attached to me kind of thing. Um, yeah. They put stuff Same out. reason so, superheroes wear costumes. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it. it's like, like, but I think like if like a Tama with te- with that name and that brand, it's like, it feels very you because that is your nickname. But if, mm. if it was something else, like you see like, Oh, who, who did we see? Uh, fellow Reigns wearers, um, Woods and the Kite String Tangle. Now they've combined mm. and created this other thing called the Tornado Club or some shit like that. I think it's called that. Mm. And it's like, it's just different things where it's like different ideas can represent different things. They can still be part to you, you know, but it doesn't have to be the whole you, you know, yeah. I just think it's about yeah. finding out where you're, where you're kind of at and what you want yeah. to do. Like, you know, yeah. like w- would a name change for you make you feel better about putting stuff out there if it was under a different name? You know what I mean? Like there's heaps of artists that do stuff like that. So yeah. maybe it even a mental thing where it's like, all right, I'm this person today like I'm, I'm doing that it's like Sophie Dillman I'm Ziggy today and when I get home I sweat it out and I'm not that you know what I mean like whatever works yeah, for you yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. you could put songs out under Crusher yeah I reckon <laughs> bring it on oh well screamo music yeah just screamo I reckon <laughs> I reckon acapella screamo well, I, I think that's what gave me nodules back in the day is singing in a punk band mm. well so. there you go I, I just think like extract like you can still extract certain parts and I think like but for us like having that thing where we're not fucking wheeled out on stage right right at the <laughs> our first episode going blah 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 like it's like we can learn and grow <laughs> and build into something and get that confidence now our fucking heads are so big we can't even fit through the door true right? what's, <laughs> that, no, what's that no doubt song with is it what's the song with Gwen Stefani you sing that song Tam which one don't speak yeah I like that song like the really famous old school one yeah that's a cover sing, yeah. isn't it yeah, she sings that. No, yeah. she wrote that, didn't she? I don't know. Gwen Stefani have, have you vibes. done a cover of that? Oh, I've done a cover of that many, many a times. Oh, I I you'd, I'd like to hear you sing that song. I will do that song for you. I reckon. I've, what's that? No doubt album. Is it Ma- Ma- the Tragic Kingdom or the Magical Kingdom or some shit? Play all the old bangers. I reckon you got the Gwen Stefani vibe. She's sick, that chick. I love Gwen Stefani. Sing She's... bananas. Remember that song? Oh, uh, this shit is bananas. well hey you know what else like before we before we wrap up like what's weird and interesting was the the way they incorporated the the women in the wrestling like with the divas and how it was all sexualized back in the day they were like bra and panty matches and shit which is like yeah you're fucking 10 years old going what you know what i mean that's when like zoo magazine first come out and you're going it's no sort of like you were into the wrestling. Huh? Yeah, what? Well, I didn't. I, I, you just. I got the magazines, you know, and I got the magazines. But it was more like <laughs> it's just they knew. I think he just knew the types of people who were watching and yeah. catered to them to a T. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? like to mm-hmm. what it like to their primal fucking emotions. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, actually. Cause that that leads me into. Did you see uh, Lord's new, um, which is lots of people been chatting about it, Lord's new um, cover for her single? 
Oh, the up, up, it's like an upskirt shot, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much like, yeah, up upskirt kind of like a fish sort of like angle, yeah. like uh, the fish eye sort of angle going right in there. So that, I thought that Didn't was kind of... that? Well, I don't know. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Because again, that's like, she's been, she disappeared. Like speaking Isn't of... she 16? No, she'd be 24 <laughs> now. She was 16 when she started. Now she's, she's like, maybe that's, look that's at like, my bits, I'm yeah. legal. That's what she's yeah, saying. Well, well, that's, like, that's like fucking, what's her name? Hannah Montana. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think they I just pushed yeah. themselves on the other way so that people go, yeah. oh, I'm not just a Disney star now. I'm a fucking, I'm this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not, this, I'm not a kid anymore kind of thing. Hmm. I don't know if you're going to post it. I'm looking at this now. I'm not, I, I, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah, I wanted to know what your thoughts were yeah, because again, imagine we took a photo like that with our nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, imagine our legs spread and you're looking at our hairy buttholes with our nutsack. Yeah, that's not. not that, I mean, that's, but that's not attractive. That's a beautiful photo. Like that's a gorgeous photo. But yeah, like we don't want to see up your nutsack. Well, I just think Rob, Rob's, have, Rob's having a little baby girl. You know what I mean? So he's like. This, yeah, this yeah. ain't happening. Huh? Yeah, listening to Lord. <laughs> head to toe. Head to toe, I reckon. Long, long clothes. Burka. Long, loose, flowing clothes. I can't you know? wait till you're a dad. What if oh. she wants to be a wrestler and wear all the letters? Yeah, she wants to be Stacey Keebler. Oh, what are you going to do then, huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Would you go to that. the shows? Huh? Would you go to the shows? If you no, just, with the like, um, was it like Rapunzel. I'll just lock her in the room. You know? <laughs> Marry her off, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, as long as I can get a good dowry. You still allowed to do that? Oh my gosh! I just, What's a dowry? I don't. I don't think you'll. Be What's a dowry? Mm. In the olden days, when you used to, you used to get. It's like payment for marrying off your kid. Yeah, you'd you'd get like say a thousand cows or something for your daughter to marry. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah, so like Rob would have had to give M's dad. Like, what? What do you reckon your dowry? What, what do you reckon the price of your dowry would be? Oh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, I put a price on it. <laughs> and my dad can't say yes or no. I say oh, yes or no. <laughs> 20 avo trees. She's yours. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> How'd you get the farm? Well, dad, will, dad will accept 20 avocado trees. <laughs> I'll just accept 20 avocados. I reckon they're expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> like, dad, you've sold me off for 20 avocados. But I've got what? smashed avo for breakfast all week. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> anyway, what? on that note, I reckon we, we, we wrap her up. Yeah, what were we talking about? I don't even know. Who are we talking about today? Vincent Mann. Oh, yeah. All right. Give us your last listen. Closing, closing thoughts on, on wrestling, where it's going to head. And if you had mm. one, one tip of advice for people trying to build their personal brands in a business context, what would it be? Final mm. thoughts, Al Bradford. Leave us with the words of wisdom. With the words of wisdom. I just think it's go, go, go back and watch some, some of the old stuff from like 2000. It's not the old, old stuff, but like from maybe 97 to 2004. And go watch that period and just and suss out the characters, have a look at what they do. And it's not mm. that PC, it's very off the cuff sort of stuff. So I just think you can get good insight, even in their promos. Like if you're building a brand, or you're building a business or whatever, mm. or you're working for someone where you're in a creative role, I think it can give you plenty of ideas. And I just think don't dismiss it, watch it. Yeah. I love those. So, hey, enjoy your weekend. We love you. <laughs> hey, we'll see you. Hey, you wrapped that up quick, didn't you, Rob? Huh? Happy Friday. Huh? Bye. <laughs>